Welcome to the Scoop Podcast, where we talk about all things testing, regulatory, and go-to-market for infant formula. I'm Karen Breiderman, and today we're talking about infant formula formulation with our special guest, Cosman Bellachew from the National Food Lab. Let's get started. Today on the show, we're excited to have Cosman, project leader at the National Food Lab with us. He's going to share his expertise on all things infant formula formulation, concept, design, product development, uh, and scale-up. Hi, Cosman. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So let's start first of all with the National Food Lab. What do you guys do there? The NFL is a great partner for helping a client bring an infant formula to market. Uh, we can draw on the wealth of experience that Eurofins brings to the industry. We have access to subject matter experts, and we're the only product development lab that's affiliated with a testing lab. And not just any lab, uh, a market leader like Eurofins is in the, in the food testing world. Um, and uh, while we focus on product development and we can go really deep and granular into technical aspects and nutritional aspects, we keep uh, the framework, regulatory framework in mind and um, the interdependencies between different product development phases uh, before we go to market. We can also draw on our expertise when it comes to um, helping our clients build resilience to the environment that they're in. Uh, for example, we can help our clients um, build redundancies in their supply chain to help them withstand some of these unforeseen events, like for example, the impact that the war in Ukraine has had on the global oil market sure. and the availability of um, sunflower lecithin, for example. So if early on in development, you can build this redundancy of developing two oil blends, one that's based on soy lecithin and another one that's based on sunflower lecithin. Now, now our clients can have that ability to switch between them and that would guard them against things like price fluctuations, um, uh, pinch points and supply. And that way they can respond to these environments and meet their timelines and not have a lot of financial impacts yeah. uh, impact their business. That makes a lot of sense. So in the United States, the FDA regulates um, specifications for infant formula nutrients. Uh, so it's a very tight specification. So really, most formulas in the United States nutritionally are very similar. Yeah. So how do you help clients have a point of differentiation between formulas that are already on the market? Yeah, well, um, we, we work very closely with our clients and try to um, develop these criteria and define these criteria early on, what sets them apart from their competition. Um, most of our clients, as I said, they, they receive it like customized and tailored attention to their needs and criteria. And the, the inf information and knowledge we generate becomes proprietary and their IP right away. Sure. Um, so when they're looking at differentiating from competitors, they can either uh, focus on their nutritionals and compositional uh, advantages as they compare to, to, to other products, or they can maybe have um, a, a a convenience advantage, whether there's something about the packaging or the way that the product is being prepared by the caregiver um, that makes them stand out in the marketplace. Or there could be other criteria like uh, organic, non-GMO, uh, made with without corn syrup solids or made with regionally sourced ingredients. Yep. Um, these All these questions need to be answered and all these decisions need to be made right away. And this is just the first phase in development. Yeah. So yeah, it's important. So once you've uh, come up with the concept for the infant formula, uh, what is the next stage in development? 
So once we have a concept and we've aligned with our client on everything that needs to be addressed, criteria related to usage and nutritionals, composition, um, and the way that fits into the regulatory framework, uh, then we can start developing the products. And the first phase is reaching out to suppliers, um, screening a variety of ingredients. Um, we start, first start with qualifying these ingredients either with a paper exercise to make sure that they deliver the, the target nutritionals, um, or we look at our benchtop essays that are designed to weed uh, lower performing ingredients out, you know, out of the screening. Um, and the first thing, one of the first things we try with the ingredients is knowing how harsh the processing parameters are. Mm -hmm. Uh, we apply pressure test these ingredients for performance early on. So these um, formula manufacturers, you know, powdered formula manufacturing includes um, harsh heat treatments, um, high solids environments, a lot of shear and spray drying. So these ingredients have to withstand all that and perform to deliver a good product. So um, early on, we start weeding them out. And infant formula is a complex, complex uh, material. It's a complex product containing... Um, proteins and fats, carbohydrates, minerals, and vitamins. And they all have a role to play in the way the product works at the end. But also very importantly, all these nutritional characteristics need to be met <clears throat> in the finished product on the first and last day yeah. of your shelf life. So, you you know, as a product developer, that's a, one of our biggest uh, roles is making sure that happens. So how do you make sure the formula meets the nutritional requirements that the FDA sets out? Right. Yeah, that's our, one of our main goals in development is making sure that we deliver the right nutritional characteristics at the end of shelf life, that at the levels that are declared on the label. So we do a lot of testing starting, you know, at each stage, you know, bench top, scaled up and commercial stage um, to make sure that that all nutritional parameters are met. And we formulate, we adjust the formulation at each stage. Um, but um, very importantly, what we've noticed is that there are two main ways that some of these nutri nutrients degrade during the process. Um, there's the processing impact on um, heat sensitive or light sensitive vitamins, let's say. Uh, during the, the, the production process, you have a lot of shear, you have a lot of heat, um, access for oxygen to, make, to, to come in and oxidize some of these nutrients, uh, light, um, and um, we see some degradation. And we can see it right away. So right after a product is manufactured, you test it, you can see the impact of that process on the various nutrients. Um, the other factor that, that impacts stability of nutrients would be shelf life stability. So the product can have a year or two years of shelf life, but legally you have to meet the nutritional criteria at the end of shelf life as well. So you need to understand how the product changes during shelf life and it can degrade due to presence of oxygen, uh, can degrade due to temperature fluctuations or transportation. So um, the job of product developer is to really understand these changes, characterize them and mitigate them yeah. by um, maybe using protective technologies like you can use encapsulated vitamins and nutrients um, that help the product withstand um, with higher quality this the rigors of the process uh, or you can do something like nitrogen purging in the cans to make sure there's no residual oxygen to promote the oxidation of those nutrients during shelf life but it's very important that we characterize and mitigate mitigate all these 
degradation factors early on because once you've finalized your formulation, you can no longer tweak it. If you go into the growth monitoring study uh, and the final approval stages of your product, you can no longer go back and make any changes. So um, that's that's what I, I meant when I was talking about the interrelation of different phases. Absolutely. It's very important to have that in mind. Yeah, and so you also get into um, tricky situations with overages, right? So obviously the FDA has maximum limits on some nutrients. Yeah. So you, while you, you, know, you might think, um, or someone might think, you know, just put a whole lot of vitamins in and, you know, that way you'll definitely be covered at the end of shelf life yeah. to account for any degradation. But you can't because the FDA does set maximum limits, for example, for vitamin D. Right. So what, that's another challenge yeah, you have yeah. to overcome at the NFL, don't you? It's true. It, it goes back to, the, to what I said earlier. The finished product has to deliver the correct amount of nutrients on the first and last yeah. day. So you cannot go over the maximum levels on things like vitamin D, for example. You can't put a bunch in and just have enough at the end. So this is where those protective technologies come into play, encapsulation and other factors that you can control to make sure that the, the ingredient stays in but doesn't deliver too much. Also. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's like walking a tight line and yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a tricky we're process. very used to. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Okay, so um, obviously you're working at bench scale um, and pilot scale levels at the NFL. Yeah. So do you help the manufacturer or the potential client to then go into manufacturing scale sizes? Yes, yeah. yes we do. Yeah. We, um, on behalf of our clients, we can reach out to co-manufacturing partners uh, to figure out if they have the right capabilities to help them mm -hmm. and availability to partner with them and bring these products to market. Um, it's all, actually, we found out that it's very important to, uh, to bring these partners in as early as possible yeah. because um, the way that the plants are set up and the current manufacturing practices have a lot of, of impact on how we formulate our products and what kind of overages we need to use, um, how we batch and how we develop the process. Um, in, in the NFL pilot plant, we have the ability to do a variety of batching approaches and screen them for performance. We can look at homogenization and process uh, heat, heat process parameters. Um, and where we don't have a capability, we do have strategic partners that can help us uh, for example, with spray drying trials. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we, we can easily um, do this process development and tweaking, again, with the eye towards um, adjusting the formulation to make sure that at the, at the commercial scale, we get the right product. Right. And another set of parameters that we haven't really touched on that we also keep an eye on during development is the client-facing characteristics. Um, for powder, for example, is what your consumer can touch and feel. So... Um, solubility and reconstitution properties, physical stability like caking and things mm -hmm. like that. Those, we try to keep an eye on them and characterize them throughout development, optimize them. But of course, the final commercial phase uh, is, is where you do the, the, the most work to make sure the product performs properly. As some of these characteristics are very dependent on the equipment used, the scale yeah. used, and the way the parameters are set. Yeah, very finicky. Yeah. So... Um, once a uh, manufacturer has a product, has product A, let's say, um, in line, do you ever see them coming back to the NFL for anything? Or is it sort of like, once we've got our product, we're yeah. good with the NFL, we'll move on to our next no, stage? No, we, we do. And, and the clients that, that come back to us, let's say established formula manufacturers, 
um, they come back to us. They appreciate the uh, fresh perspective that we bring to the table. The fact that we have exposure to a lot of different products make us see things and, and opportunities for improving efficiencies or, or new ways of doing things that are maybe better or improve stability. Um, we've done a few different types of projects with existing companies. Uh, some would be line extensions where the infant formula, uh, the, the company already has a, an infant formula on the market and they want to uh, expand their offering, maybe include different bioactive ingredients. Sure. So most of the work there is to make sure the bioactive ingredient withstands the process. So any tweaks that you can make to the process to, um, to increase the quality and make sure that ingredient makes it at the end of shelf life. Um, also, a lot of the companies that, that play in the infant formula space, they're larger companies with more offerings. Um, their portfolio of products include uh, adult nutrition, performance nutrition. So we can help them bring the rigors of developing the infant formula to those products as well. Yeah. And it only makes them better. Um, and another interesting type of project that we've seen in the past is uh, when an existing company has a powdered uh, infant formula, mm -hmm. but they're in interested to expand in the ready-to-feed market. Sure. And that is, it's a very interesting challenge, especially if they're trying to have the same nutritional profile on their product, mm -hmm. um, because the processes for obtaining a, or manufacturing a powdered uh, formula are, is very different than um, the one for a liquid ready-to-feed formula. Mm -hmm. So you have to go back all the way to ingredient sourcing, the types of pressure testing you put your ingredients through. Uh, now, instead of performing in a high solids, lower heat, high shear, spray-dried application, now your product has to perform in a low viscosity, low solids, high heat application where all the ingredients have a lot more play. They can interact a lot more. Your minerals can become catalysts for breakdown of, of, of the vitamins, yeah. and you, you have to use different uh, protection techniques um, to make sure your product makes it through the stability. Also, the, the stability um, challenges you see for a beverage or a liquid formula are more related to physical stability. So sure. emulsion, will it separate? Uh, sedimentation, will it gel? You know, will it go to the bottom of the bottle will it shake back in very different from a powder where it's not going to change much as long as you do certain things like remove the air and everything mm -hmm. it's not going to change much but with a beverage it's a lot more um dynamic of a system during yeah. shelf life but either way even if we if we work with a small startup or um, a global CPG that's already been in the market experienced, our goal is always the same, is to help our clients deliver safe, healthy, and successful products for their clients. Fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Cosman, for that really great insight. And thank you for listening uh, to The Scoop podcast. Uh, please rate and review us if you've enjoyed this episode, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you here next time for another episode. Thank you.